Side Hustle Show 92, building a location-independent business of freedom and travel, even with a family. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. What's going on? Nick Loper here. This week, it's about building a location-independent business of freedom and travel, even with a family. My guest is Sean Marshall, somebody I connected with initially through the, the comments at SideHustleNation.com. I, f- I followed the link uh, in his bio and, and landed on his site, FamilyRocketShip.com, and was like, wow, is this guy, is this guy for real? He's built uh, a little lifestyle business up and moved to Cozumel, Mexico with his wife and three young daughters. And uh, this is not your typical, you know, single 20-something digital nomad story. Like this is this is a little bit more, to, in my mind, a little bit more relatable. But um, I think a really valuable, a really valuable story, uh, both from the business side and the lifestyle side. Now, as is per the usual. All my notes and highlights from the call, along with Sean's top tips and tactics, are available to you in a free downloadable PDF at sidehustlenation.com slash 92, or through the link in the episode description of your podcast player app. News and updates before we get into it. Uh, I am giving away a free year of Side Hustle coaching and support to one listener, and it could be you. It could be you. Uh, why not you? And uh, the reason for that is because you guys asked for it. In the, in the annual survey, the first ever annual survey uh, for Side Hustle members and listeners, I asked what project I should tackle next. And one of the most popular responses was, hey, we could really benefit from a public coaching effort. We want to see somebody go through, the, go through this process of, of a, bringing a side hustle to fruition through all the, the stages. So that's it. You know, your chance to win a whole, or earn, I should say, not, not win. I don't like win. Your chance to earn a year of uh, a free side hustle coaching and support. The catch is we'll be sharing your progress, your struggles, your challenges, your victories, your results with Side Hustle Nation. And so that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of accountability, uh, both both for me and for you. So we've got we've got a vested interest in, in making this work and uh, and making this happen. So to learn more and to apply, visit SideHustleNation.com slash apply. You can watch the little video over there. We'll explain it a little bit more. And a pretty tight deadline uh, from when this episode goes live till when applications close. So applications do close 11.59 p.m. Pacific time on Monday, February 9th. So ready, ready. Let's get into it with Sean. Hey, Sean, welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Glad to be here, man. I'm I'm excited for this one. This is a uh, this, this is the perfect uh, intersection of lifestyle and business. So uh, Sean is joining me from uh, from Cozumel, Mexico today, and I want to talk about the you know the the, the backstory, the freedom moment uh, that that led you there, and a little bit about you know what it's like to to live abroad. But let's talk about you know going back to to life in the states. You know, working corporate gig, and and then what? So okay, um, yeah, I'll give you a quick background. I've always been somewhat entrepreneurial, but I've never quite made anything 
quite work. <laughs> and so I think there have been definitely some negative core beliefs that have gone along with that. And I mean, the, the plain truth is just too chicken to make anything really happen, right? So living in Orange County with my wife and we already had our first girl, our first baby girl came along. And so that's kind of my mindset. I'm thinking, uh, I really want to start something, but this job gives me the income that I desperately need just to be able to stay afloat in Orange County. And so always entrepreneurial, looking for something, but again, tried some things, never quite made it work, always learning experiences, but never quite made anything take off. And it was about that time that I was at a Costco and I picked up this book called The 4-Hour Workweek. And everyone, you know, I'm sure like everyone listening to this has, has read that book or at least heard of it and by Tim Ferriss. And I started reading it and I thought, what the heck? Like, who is this guy? And like, is this even possible? Like, you can do this thing? Like, it's okay? And so in a way, the book kind of like gave me permission to be like, yeah, I'm, I want to decide what I'm going to do and I'm going to create my own income and then we're going to take off and see the world kind of thing. And then, and then the book went on my shelf for like four more years because, <laughs> again, I was like just too chicken to do anything about it. And then Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk came along, and I had that on a CD that I'd listen to on my way to work every day. And that guy, you know, he, he, he gets you fired up. And um, one thing led to another, and I, you know, eventually started my own business, got laid off, and ended up in Mexico. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about that business. Cause I think a lot of people find themselves in that position. Look, I'm I'm working a job. I have, you know, I've got a I've got a mortgage. I've got a family. You know, what do I like? Who <laughs> to get from that? Uh, you know, that position in life to to being the the owner of this company, living in Mexico is it doesn't even sound attainable, right? Like, so what's, what are the first, uh, customers, what are you deciding to, to sell? You know, what's, what's, tell me how the, how the business looks. So my background was already kind of in marketing and I was kind of self-taught. And then I had a couple of good mentors at the last two jobs that I worked at and learned a ton about marketing there and then specifically marketing online. And so that just kind of became my skill set of this internet marketing. And I was meeting with business owners and um, just for my job and they'd say, well, wait a minute, you know how to do this blogging thing or you know how to do YouTube or, or this Facebook thing? I mean, are we supposed to be doing Facebook for our business? And, and if so, you know, can you help us? And I thought, whoa, uh, well, I've got a job, but, you know, maybe th there's something here. And so I started talking with my wife a lot and we realized like, yeah, this might be it. This might be finally the time where it kind of dumped me out of the perfect place. My, the skill set that I already had, something that I enjoyed. It wasn't my passion necessarily, but I enjoyed it. And most importantly, there was a pain market. And I kind of already tested the waters with that. And so um, that's kind of where it started. And then really the big push came from getting laid off. So that's a, that, you know, that's kind of a thing that I think about, like, when you're at a job and you're working on your side hustle, you still have to give 100% of your job because if not, they can sense it. It's like they can smell it or something. And I think they smelled it on me. <laughs> okay, okay. So you'd, so you'd started, people started coming to you, hey, you know about social media, you know about all this online business stuff, online marketing stuff from, from what you'd learned at your day job. And, right. and those, did those become your first 
your first side hustle clients? Um, one of them did. Yeah. One of them is actually a buddy that I'd known for a long time and he was working for a roofing company up in Seattle. Oh, okay. And that's my and home. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and he said, you know, we need help with that desperately. You know, Seattle's a, it's a very tech savvy market and that includes people like roofers. You wouldn't think your average roofing company knows about SEO or, or social media or any of that. And they don't, but they know that enough that they need to be paying for that to get done. And so, um, they actually became my first client. So when I got laid off, walked through the house, you know, the front door, it was like a, you know, Tuesday morning, the box full of stuff. And my wife was kind of like, that's it. We're doing this. Like, you're not getting another job. It's not helping us get any closer to our dreams. This is it. You were doing this business. We're just going hard. And so. Wow. I, I want to, like, give your wife a big hug because that's not the reaction I imagine most wives would have. <laughs> yeah. It, what, I mean, at first, when, she, when I first walked through the door, and by the way, this isn't the first time that that's happened. <laughs> I've been laid off or let go or quit numerous times. Okay, I'm just okay. one of the, I'm just entrepreneurial minded. So it was kind of like a look of like, what again, you know, right away. <laughs> and then, and then it was like, okay, you know, something changed that initial shock or fear just kind of within 30 seconds changed. Like she was already looking at a bunch of like family travel blogs that she had seen and, and a number of, of people that are already doing the thing. And she loves traveling. I love traveling. And we thought, Hey, this matches up perfectly with what we want to do. This kind of business this kind of market, the way I can work the business matches up exactly with what we deep down just want to do, which right. is to see some more of the world. Yeah, it can be a loca location independent thing. What, at what point, you know, what, what revenue is coming in from the business at that point? Are you just, are you stressed out? Like I'm going to, I got bills to pay or are you like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be okay. I, I have confidence in, in this thing that's going to take off. Yeah. So a few things. So first of all, our first client was 400 bucks a month. <laughs> okay. It but, it, like, but it was a retainer, but it was a recurring thing. Right. It was a recurring thing. And then right away got some other clients and some other kind of big jobs too, that kind of really helped. But then also what we did, we had some savings and we also sold everything. So we literally sold everything in our house. Like we had you know, big screens, leather couches. We just bought brand new um, beds. You know, like we sold everything. If it didn't fit in our car, it didn't come with us. Okay. And so, um, so we had, you know, we had some money to get us kick started. And and then from there, it was just hustle in the morning and then work at night kind of thing. Go sell, go network in the morning, and then literally, I was doing the work myself at night because. Like with my only first client, I didn't like that $400 was precious, right? Like I didn't think, oh, I can't, I can't outsource. I can't pay somebody else to do this. I, I need, I need to eat. You right, know? Right. So, yeah. so, you, so you were selling SEO, social marketing, like just for local businesses. What other services were you offering? Yeah. Initially I wanted it to be just social media marketing, but quickly after talking to real life business owners and seeing like their websites and their, you know, what they were and weren't doing online had to quickly kind of become like kind of a one-stop shop kind of thing. Okay. And I also met with a lot of business owners that are like, I just want one guy that I talk to that handles all my internet and gets me business online. One person, one company. And so I thought, well, 
yeah, I can do that. Okay, I had enough. Okay, okay, that could be me. Yeah, I was like, well, I have enough knowledge of SEO, of social, of content, of video, like that I could do that, and then just kind of did, and it worked out. It just kind of, <laughs> it worked, you know. So let's so. talk. Let's talk about the morning hustle and then the nighttime delivering the work. But more on the morning hustle, like how how are you going out and beating down doors to uh, to get these customers? So the, the absolute best way, at least in this particular business that I know of, is at least what worked for me was networking, face-to-face, like going to the Chamber of Commerce meetings, going to any city like Mixers, and then I joined a BNI, which is like a networking group, you know, where everyone kind of feeds each other referrals and stuff. And the thing is, why it works best face-to-face, at least to get things kick-started, is because every business owner has had a bad experience with, like, an SEO company, right? They've all spent, like, $5,000, got on the first page of Google for a month, and then <laughs> got Google slapped, and then, you know, now they think, oh, online marketing doesn't work, or the SEO stuff doesn't work, because I, I paid for that, and, you know, we didn't get any results. And so anyways, so that's, everyone kind of has that story, you know, as you talk to like interior designers or dentists or, you know, photographers, whoever it is, they've all had that story because they got called, you know, telemarketed or an email and thought, yeah, sure. This sounds good. I'll do it. And then, you know, that, so when you show up and you meet someone face to face and you say, yeah, I can do this. And here, check out these results that I've already got for other people then, you know, it's the kind of no like trust thing that kind of kicks in and they're like, well, this is a real guy. He's like a real person. He's not just some company in India, you know, like I, I think this guy is the, the one, you know. And so um, once you kind of get in with the first few business owners, then it just catches like wildfire because everyone's connected and they're saying, hey, I got a guy. I got a guy. He's good. I got a guy. And so then you're just getting referrals like left and right. And even when, no, that's a really good point, because even when somebody is looking on, on Elance for a job, and I've referred you know, dozens of people over to my, uh, my buddy Dave's podcast on the power of parttime.tv, he's got a really, really good episode about getting started on Elance, and his guest makes the argument like, look, the people who are looking for work on Elance are only there because they, they don't have their guy, like they don't have their go-to person for whatever task they need done. If they had that, they would just... It would just go to them. So your goal as the freelancer, as the contractor, is to become that go-to guy. And then, you know, they can spread word of mouth and all that stuff. So I really right. like that and, and getting people face-to-face. But how do you – you can't do face-to-face now that you're, you know, off overseas. <laughs> so that's the magic of setting up a great network, right? So so for two years – so we, the first place we went to was Seattle because we wanted to check out Seattle. We wanted to – to just see if it would be a potential place that we want to buy a house, right? Okay. And then we also went to San Francisco. So these are two places that we wanted to live, yeah. and they were also, like, strategic for, like, I know, I know, right? I was like, going to say, you're not going to the most cost-of-living effective places for somebody without a ton of income. Yeah, but they are very, like, tech-savvy, and even your average, like, painter guy knows that he needs to be checking his reviews on Yelp and Angie's List and making sure that he's doing focusing on local SEO, right? So like um, both Seattle and go, going to San, San Francisco and Seattle were both kind of strategic. You know, when they, we already both had history in those places with family and friends in both of those places already anyway. And so it was kind of a win across the board. But so 
the key then was setting up like a great network of both clients and just other like associates, colleagues that were kind of in the similar space that maybe did something complimentary and we could kind of feed each other referrals. And one of the key things that helped me absolutely hands down that made my networking most effective was giving, like absolutely giving my best stuff away. So I would literally come up with a game plan for somebody of like, hey, if I were working for your company, this is what I would do to help you guys get more business online. And then I just give it to them, you know, or and, and then I say, hey, if you want to hire us, great. But if not, I really strongly encourage you guys to go through this and to implement it, you know. And so what that does is the people that are going to implement it, they're not going to be your ideal clients anyway because they'll just do it themselves. But like 90% of the time, people will be like, wow, man, thank you so much. This is really great. And I mean, you have to be very detailed too. Yeah. But then, then they think, well, geez, let's just have him do it. You know, let's just hire them to do it for us because most people will not get around to doing it themselves. They, they just won't. And when you've given them and you've taken time to research their company online and you show them some screenshots and you show them what you've done with similar clients to help them boost their results, then it's kind of a no-brainer. You know, when they see that they can make invest a little bit in you and then make more in return, it's just kind of a business no-brainer for something they all know that they should be doing anyway, which is online marketing. Right, 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 right. Now, I've, I've had a similar experience. I've been doing like these, uh, you know, five-minute video site reviews on on Fiverr as one of my right. random side hustles. And so I go go through the site and make all these like, you know, SEO, conversion recommendations, whatever, just, you know, my subjective opinion on how to improve this site. And a lot of times I'll get back, well, can you just can you just do that for me? Like, can you just make that happen? <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, some, in some cases, yes. In some cases, I don't have the technical chops to get that done. But like, that's the perfect way to go about it. Because it's like, hey, you've already provided them some value. You've already shown your, you know, relative expertise. And I don't know how many businesses this could parallel to. But like for the online world, it's perfect. Yeah, I mean, with any business, when you're networking and you're hustling, if you give away your best stuff, like some people are, no, 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 I don't want to do that. I, that's my, you know, my thing. I'm not going to do that. That's my business. That's my secret like, sauce. Yeah, exactly. But when you give that away, people see that and that instantly helps that no like trust factor. And then it just kind of, it's kind of that law of uh, reciprocation, you know, reciprocity, whatever it is. Yes. Um, the persuasion, right? Influence. Mm -hmm. And, and it kind of enacts that and people are like, well, Geez, now we feel kind of indebted. Let's let's just have this guy. He obviously knows his stuff. Let's just let's just hire him, you know. And and when they see the results pretty quickly, then you know it works. And so I mean, keep in mind, I've been in Mexico for now over two years, and I haven't done any active networking, and I still get a steady flow of referrals from my current clients. And that's part of also picking the right clients too, and getting what I kind of call like power clients, like those people that are gonna. Um, they're they're great clients by themselves, but they're also going to be like your like advocates, you know. And um, for example, I have a client who's the owner of a kind of a fancy hair salon in Walnut Creek, and she's got a stack of my business cards. And the people that come into her salon are generally business owners. They're that kind of forty to fifty year old something, you know, man or woman, and they they're a realtor or they have a dental office or doctor's office, or whatever. And she's like, here, you need to call this guy. He's going to help you. <laughs> so getting the right like power clients like her, they're amazing. You know? So, And that's kind of what it, 
you know, has enabled me to be here without actually going to any of those mixers or anything anymore for two years now and still have a steady flow of new business and be able to grow the business remotely. Is it a pretty predictable income stream, you know, where, with most clients set up like, hey, we're going to do, you know, uh, the local SEO, we're going to do rep, reputation management on, a, on an ongoing basis and say, hey, this is a monthly, you know, a monthly contract? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, clients love packages that, you know, it's the in and out model. It's like one, two or three. Like you you have. Oh, wait, is there in and out? In yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I thought so. Duh. Yeah, they opened one up on Contra Costa. Okay, here we go. So it, it's the simple thing, right? The packages A, B, or C kind of thing. And there's different strategies to how you price those packages. Um, but clients love seeing those packages to choose from. And then generally, like with the way that we do everything, the way that I set up everything in the beginning was all month to month. Because there's a lot of companies out there that and a lot of bigger companies like Yelp and stuff that are, you know, one specific service and they want to lock you into a contract for like 12 months, a year. And then it's like a thousand bucks to get out of the contract kind of thing. So a lot of these smaller businesses, they're maybe two or three or four employees kind of thing for them to know that they're being locked into a contract where they have to pay this money. It's hard for them to do. So when I say, Hey, yeah, everything's month to month. In other words, you keep paying us because you want to keep paying us because you're getting results. They love that, you okay. know, and it's very effective. And it keeps you on your toes because you need to make sure you keep providing good results. So, so yes, and as far as predictability, it's, it's, you know, you need to figure out what your packages cost. But let's say your average sale is 500 bucks a month. You can pretty easily determine how much revenue you can make based on, you know, okay, well, I want to make 4,000 more dollars, increase my bottom line by 4,000 more dollars this month. Okay, well, I need to go out, get out there and hustle and get eight more clients on board, you know, whatever the case may be. Right. And, and as if you're just doing this as a side hustle, you could say, hey, if I could offer some service at 500 bucks a month, if I found two people, all of a sudden that's $1,000 a month, extra $12,000 a year in side hustle income, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. For most people, being able to make that extra thousand bucks a month, all of a sudden you're cleaning up debt, you're, you're putting some money away in savings, you know, whatever. Now, I, I take it that you're you're not still doing all of the delivery work yourself. You've got some you've got no. a team in place to make it happen. Yeah, got a pretty good team, with the exception of one graphic designer in India. They're all in the Philippines. Oh, okay. So the graphic designer in India, he was one of the first people that I ever contracted, and I needed like a logo done or actually a whole new kind of branding for a company. And found him on Odesk, actually. And then um, it, he's still, like, with me today. Perfect, he's not Perfect constant. example. Now he now he's your graphics guy. Yeah, he's my guy, right, <laughs> for graphics. So not, I got a guy. I got a graphics guy. But, um, and so that was, and he does amazing work. And it's, like, literally, like, a tenth of the cost of what it would cost me in the States, especially the Bay Area. I was kind of joking one time with one of my buddy who's is graphic designer and I said yeah I got this whole thing done for like 50 bucks he's like really I would have charged like fifteen hundred dollars to do that I'm like that's why I didn't call you yeah exactly it's it's you know it's kind of scary for those guys but I I, you know we you got to do what you got to do business with you know so so you're getting some getting some traction getting some clients and you're running a business that is locally oriented, but it's still location independent. So when, 
when do you guys decide to to up and move? And you have a young daughter at this point or two young daughters? Yeah, we had two and we actually had a third come along while we were in the Bay Area. Okay. And so and and we're done. Just everyone always asks us, but <laughs> That that third one's like crazy, and so we're done. <laughs> but uh, so we had three daughters, and we had the timeline. We thought, okay, Seattle for a year, San Francisco for a year, and then on, on our little spreadsheet timeline thing, it said somewhere tropical. And so it you know it really was like, well, where do we want to go? And I really like my wife just wanted to be somewhere warm, and preferably she wanted to be in another culture. Like she wanted to maybe have to learn a new language or. You know, just have a really cool culture. Okay. And then I really like scuba diving. And so we started to look at, like, Dominican Republic. We looked at Grand Cayman for just a little bit. We looked at Belize. We looked at Honduras. And then all of a sudden, Cozumel, you know, it's just a little island off the eastern coast right by Playa del Carmen by Cancun. Um, It just started to kind of pop up to the surface. And the more I learned about it, the more I read how the diving was amazing. And it was, like, all the benefits of a little you know, Caribbean island, but also the backing of like an up and coming country like Mexico, you know, and and of course the cool culture of Mexico and the great food and, and the cool people and all that. So it just seemed like, and we, we had never been there before, but we just, the more research we did, we watched like every YouTube video that had Cozumel in the title and did you, uh, did you go like on a scouting trip or you were just like, pack your bags, girls, let's go. Yep. We, we, we just, yeah, that's what we did. We got on a plane, flew from SFO to Cancun, and then took the ferry over to Cozumel. Got here on like 6 p.m. at night in October in 2012 and looked for a hotel, and nobody knew where our hotel was. And so, it's a tiny island. How could they miss it? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So, and then, and then we didn't even have a place. I just went out the next day and started walking around to look for a place to live. So, wow. How um, how does it work with like uh, you know, with health insurance for the kids with with school and and all that stuff? So international health insurance is super cheap and it's awesome and we've never ever even needed it. So that kind of takes that out. Plus here in Mexico, especially everything is cheap. Like um, we've never even fortunately we've never even had any like bad things ever happen. But, you know, little things like stomach pains or, you know, whatever, like the pharmacies here, they're ridiculously cheap, you know. And so you can go and, and you don't need a prescription or anything. You just go and say, oh, my tooth hurts or, oh, you know, this is happening to my skin or whatever it is. And it's like, you know, 20 pesos, you know, it's like a buck and a half or not even that. Hmm. So, so yeah, it's it's super easy when you think of it that way. As far as school, well, we had the girls in private school since we've been here. So um, it's it's just, it's uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's public schools here in Mexico and then there's private schools. And the private schools are really not that ridiculously expensive. I mean, for both girls to be in school, it costs us like 450 bucks a month, you know. So to have our girls in classrooms where there's like 15 kids. Is, not it, even in, is it English or is it in Spanish? It's well, they say it's bilingual, but it's mostly Spanish. Oh, wow, that's cool. We're cool with that because now our two older girls are fluent in Spanish, you know, better than us. Wow, so. that's no, that's really, really cool. This is like the, the 
non-traditional digital nomad lifestyle, right? It's not the 23-year-old on a on a laptop in in Chiang Mai or or someplace. <laughs> it's like hey, this is a this is an actual you know guy with real responsibilities, real family, um, making it happen. Really, really cool stuff. What's what what's next for you guys? Well, I mean, that just to hit on that, that's the that's the the thing, right? Like, it's easy to just do like WordPress installs and make a thousand bucks a month and go live in Bali and you're 22 years old and you're single like that's super easy but what about when you have kids what about when you have like you know a family and and you're supposed to be a grown-up and all that stuff yeah there's there's still a way to do it and there's really cool ways to do it you know you just have to think a little bit more about you know what do you want to do and what's most important to you and then just go for it but to answer your question about like what's next, it's really to continue to scale my own business and and then I really just enjoy sharing this message. I, I was kind of struggling on the fence for a while. I've kind of maintained the the blog with Family Rocket Ship ever since we started the journey, but I've never quite gone all out in it. I've never done the guest posting. I never have done everything that you're supposed to be doing right as a blogger. Because I've always kind of had this conflict, like, why do I feel like I need to preach this stuff? Why don't I, why don't I just live it with me and my wife and our kids, and, and we're just happy ourselves, you know? But the the little bit that I have done, and I've done some outreach, I've, get, I've got these emails and these messages, and I've got them all saved in Evernote, of people, like, thanking me and, and telling me really flattering things. And it's, like, kind of crazy to me because I kind of still view myself as a as a schmuck, right? Like, I... I'm just dumb enough to have done this thing. I don't think I'm any like super smart guy. I've just done it. And so what's next for me is just to kind of keep sharing the story. Like, I mean, even with my business, so I have a buddy here on the island. His name is Sam and his, his wife is from here and he's from New Mexico and he was making a job earning in pesos and it's just, he wants to hurry and get back to the States. He wants to raise his kids in the States, the whole thing. And but he's earning money in pesos, right? So he's yeah. just not making enough money. And so I was like, dude, why don't you just copy my business? Like, I can give you everything. I'll give you the templates and the tools and what websites you should go to and all this stuff. Just copy it. And so long story short, two months later, he was able to quit his job. And he has his own little online marketing company. And, um, you know, happily ever after. And so it's like, wow, this stuff really works. And I mean, this is just one model, right? Creating online marketing. But this whole lifestyle business concept it really works. And so that's kind of, you know, if I can help others do what I'm doing, then it's worth it. Like if nothing else, just having plain more like young people <laughs> to hang out with during the day. You know what I mean? Like there's lots of people here on the Island, but they're all like 60 years old. Like they're all like retired. Yeah, expat retirees. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all like, you know, podgy. I don't know. <laughs> want to go hang out with them, you know, but there are a few like young families here on the island that are also doing the thing. And it's just so fun. You know, we don't, we don't ask for time off on Christmas day. And, you know, we don't, we don't have to do any of the things that a lot of people are, are stuck doing. And so if, if I can share this kind of message of lifestyle business from a real down to earth viewpoint, you know, that's, that's kind of what I want to do. So that's kind of what's next. Yeah. It sounds like you're, you're, doing an awesome job of that and it's and you're right like why why do i have to preach this stuff can i just can i just do it well i'm really glad uh, that we connected because it is a, an incredibly inspiring story and kind of you know circling all the way back to the to the four-hour work week where tim says look 
the timing is never going to be perfect. It's just, look, Sean is just a guy who, as he says, took action, just a schmuck who took action and, <laughs> uh, and, and made it happen. You can hear in his voice, like, this is a cool, this is a cool lifestyle. And, you know, never, never would have happened. had he just, you know, been sitting in that cubicle and waiting for the, waiting for the perfect moment to come. I would say if you have even just a slight like distaste for your job and you've got a little bit of work ethic, like you've got some hustle in you, then you can absolutely start your own side hustle, right? Like Nick Loper teaches and then grow it into something big. I mean, even if, or even just big enough, right? It doesn't need to be the next Facebook or the next Google. My business is certainly not ever going to be the next Google and I may never like sell it for a big, you know, $20 million payday kind of thing. But it provides me the exact kind of lifestyle that I want. Right. You know? Yeah. It so, supports it supports you and your family and, and you know, what else what else do you really need? I like it. Yeah. Um starting starting over, any any mistakes along the way or anything you would uh, specifically do differently for, for listeners to avoid the uh, avoid the same path? Yeah, absolutely. First, niche down quickly. Like pick a vertical or pick one general industry. And then become the go-to person. So like in my case with my business, I really love the people in the home services, like the contractors, the painters, the roofers, the interior decorators, pretty much anybody that's dealing with something with a house, right? Okay. And because these are people that they've survived 2008 and they're still in business and that means they have money. But they, these are people that are smart people. They just don't have the know-how for online marketing. But they're smart and they know that they need to be marketing online. And so um, – and it's really great to – it's really – you know, it, you can generate really good results for them. And it's very obvious. You know, So you put up a new video for a, a painter, for example, and then he or she then starts getting – you know, phone calls saying, Hey, we want you to come to our house. They're happy. You're happy. Their, their customers are happy. It's kind of a win, win, win. So I'd say definitely pick a vertical or, you know, a, a general industry and kind of become the expert in that. And then the second thing would to be build a team fast. Like that was one thing for the first year for 365 days, I was doing everything <laughs> myself, selling and then all the production, you know, oh, and then all the bookkeeping and all that stuff too. But so, you know, Chris Ducker, he's got a service called Virtual Staff Finder, and it's an amazing service, and it's like 300 bucks or something. You tell them exactly what you want, and they, they bring you back three candidates within like a few days, and they're like exactly what you want. And the hardest thing is figuring out which of those three you want to keep, and maybe you just keep all three. Yeah, like, he's uh, he's up to the 500 now, but but definitely, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely a cool um, recruiting service for, for virtual yeah, it, assistants. Totally. I mean, I've used it. It's it's effective and um, definitely you building a team faster. I know like that first four hundred dollars, you're thinking, oh, great. You know, how am I going to pay rent right now? But if you identify that selling is kind of the, the biggest thing that you're in charge of, as you know, I'm like a big fan of Mark Cuban and he says every business owner is in charge of revenue. That's their number one thing. And so you're not in charge of installing WordPress. You're not in charge of updating Facebook. You're not in charge of any of that, even QuickBooks. You're in charge of getting out there and hustling. And so if you build a team, a production team that does all the work for you faster, you're going to grow that much faster. So niche down, build a team faster. That's what I would do if I had to start over. That's 
Perfect. That's perfect. The Mark Cuban quote, hustle. <laughs> perfect for the uh, for the side hustle show. Sean, thank you so much for joining me, everyone. Uh, check out his, uh, his site or his blog at familyrocketship.com. We're going to link up to his uh, his Udemy course on how you can clone his business. And um, and we'll wrap it up with your number one tip for, for Side Hustle Nation. My number one tip would be to first ask yourself what your deep down values are. What is it that you really want deep down? And this can be hard because not a lot of people are used to thinking like this. It could be more time with family, more happiness, more adventure, whatever. And then the second thing is something that you also recently said, Nick, in your TED Talk, is what can I create? So think about based on your skills. And then the third thing is how can I line that up, those two things, my values with what I can create with a pain market that will allow me to live my ideal lifestyle. So just quickly ask yourself what you deep down really want, figure out what you can offer to a pain market, and then third, make sure it lines up with what you want your ideal lifestyle to be. And I think that kind of knocks everything out. You have money, you have, you have income, you have the lifestyle that you want, and you're doing it with the people that you want. I love it, Sean. Thank you so much. Um, we'll uh, we'll have it links to everything in the show notes, and we'll we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, man. Couple footnotes on this episode. Sean has offered seventy percent off his Udemy course for Side Hustle Show listeners, which is literally subtitled "Clone My Business." If you can relate to Sean's story and think this is a perfectly viable side hustle for you, I encourage you to check it out. The link for that, as well as the free downloadable PDF with all. The top tips and tactics from today's call are at sidehustlenation.com slash 92. And speaking of palm trees, I'm off to Hawaii next week, though for a much shorter duration. Still, you're not going to hear me complain um, any excuse to go to paradise. I will take it. Um, I've got another great episode lined up for you, ready to go, though. So thank you so much for listening. And until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll see you next week in episode 93. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.